Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert, speaking hope and freedom to Iran. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your busy life to join me on the broadcast. The subject of the rights of women in Iran is near and dear to my heart. For the last nine years, I have written books and did radio programs standing up for the voiceless women in Iran who are struggling for their rights every day. Just recently, a horrific crime took place in Iran. It was called an honor killing. Honor killings do happen in Iran just like they happen in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and other countries of the world, including the United States. It's that horrible murder done usually by a father or a brother when a young woman has dishonored the family with her choice and have brought upon them the wrath of religion and God and family upon them for daring to think for themselves, for daring to make a choice without their approval. Well, this is the very sad case of Romina Ashrafi in Iran. And today on my podcast, I want to talk about Romina and be her voice. And this is from the Foreign Desk, Lisa Daftari, a report on this horrific killing in Iran. A father in Iran has been arrested for allegedly beheading his 14-year-old daughter in a so-called honor killing after discovering she ran away from home with her boyfriend. Romina Ashrafi ran away with her 35-year-old boyfriend to elope once her father refused to give permission for the two to marry. Romina's father reported the runaways and the couple was later found by police subsequent to a five-day hunt. While detained, Ashrafi reportedly warned a judge that she feared for her life upon her return home, but Islamic Republic law required her to be sent back with her father. According to reports, when Romina was in her family home on Thursday night, her father came into her room and allegedly decapitated his daughter with a sickle while she was sleeping. This is just one example of an honor killing, signifying the murder of an individual who tarnishes the family reputation and name by going against Islamic law. These killings are often carried out by close family members, such as a father or brother. In Romina's case, running away from home to pursue a love interest without the permission of her family fell into this category, even though Iranian girls are legally allowed to marry after the age of 13. After murdering his own daughter, Romina's father turned himself into the authorities and confessed to taking her life. As a result, he was charged with murder. Since murder is considered a, quote, matter between private parties in Iran, where the victim must impose retribution, in cases such as Romina's, the law favors the father, where punishment is in the form of compensation to the survivors of the victim, where mothers generally forego the demand for punishment according to International Federation for Human Rights. It follows that as Romina's father is her guardian, he's exempt from the death penalty. 
But this case is yet to be tried in a special court, where this man who killed his daughter could reportedly face up to a 10-year prison sentence. Iran President Hassan Rouhani has called for his cabinet to create stricter laws surrounding these, quote, honor killings. It shouldn't surprise any of us who knows anything about Iran that this is the fate of women. Women in Iran are considered possessions and second-class citizens. The sad state of affairs is they must go out publicly and have to be veiled. They have to wear a hijab. And it comes to divorce, it's very hard for a woman in Iran to divorce her husband, just really next to impossible. And in a divorce, guess where the kids go? Not with her, but with the father, because men are superior to women, according to the Quran, um, Surah chapter 3. And when it comes to sporting events, women, of course, can't attend soccer games where men are playing. They're forbidden to enter into the stadium. And when it comes to leaving the country, guess what? They can't leave without the husband's permission. And so, once again, if you follow my podcast, you know the fate of women in Iran. Romina was a 14-year-old, very young girl. Now, I admit, when I read that she had a 35-year-old boyfriend, uh, that shocked me. Uh, You know, because here in America, if I had a daughter, and my daughter wanted to run off and marry someone that old, I wouldn't give permission either. But that's not the point. The point is, this goes much deeper. This is Islamic law. In most cases, the parents want to arrange the marriage. They don't want to give the choice to the woman. And that happens a lot in Pakistan. Honor killing is the result of saying no to arranged marriages. And in this case, the father said no, and he's like God. When I say no, it means no. And notice in this story that when Romina appeared before the judge, she was terrified. Please don't send me home to my father because that will be the end of my life. And the father, uh, I mean, the judge, of course, he's going to follow Islamic law. I have to do this. No sympathy whatsoever. And when she gets home and she's sleeping, this man called her father, if you can call him that, he's more like an animal to me, decides that you have dishonored me. You have disobeyed me. You have dishonored Allah. Off with your head. And while she's sleeping, he murders her, beheading her with a sickle. This is very sad. And in the case of retribution, the man, he might have a 10-year sentence. But guess what? He's exempt from the death penalty. And it's just another woman in Iran, no big deal. Hey, another story, another statistic. Where is the voice for women like Rumina? Where are the feminist voices that complain all the time here in the United States? Why aren't they lifting up their voices and standing out and condemning this evil act? Where is justice for dear Rumina? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about on the remainder of this broadcast. This is not just about an honor killing. It's about justice. Justice for Romina and women like her that live in Iran, that go through this absolute horrific crime on a daily basis. In my book, The Cross in the Desert, I have a beautiful little psalm 
that I pray for my Iranian friends every day. And this sums up who God is in so many ways. In Psalm 72, verses 12 through 14, this is a beautiful promise. God says he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious to him. God says in so many ways, I will be your defender. Not too long ago, about four years ago, I wrote a book about the case of Rahane Jabari. It's called Rahane, A Beautiful Fragrance. And it's the story of a young Iranian woman. She was young at the time, and um, she was only 19. And as this young woman decided to go out and make a life for herself, she was propositioned by a man. Come and redecorate my surgery suite, and I will pay you well. Well, Rahane uh, had a reputation of being an interior decorator, and so she took up the cause. And instead, this man fooled and deceived her and attacked her, tried to rape her, and Rahane defended herself, which is what a normal woman does. She picked up a knife and stabbed him. And for seven years in prison, she was tortured, and they wanted to force her to change her story because this man that she killed was a former intelligence agent. His reputation was on the line. They tried to get Rahane to say, Lul, I didn't, I didn't suffer a rape. He didn't try to rape me. And Rahane refused to lie, and she was executed. This is how rape victims in Iran are treated. And this is like Romina, who, who had a desire to be with an older man, but yet she had fallen in love and she wanted to be with this man, but she wasn't allowed to do that because Islamic law and her father said no to her. You can't do that. And if you do this, if you try to disobey me, you will bring my wrath down upon you and you will dishonor Allah and I will have no choice but to kill you. Where is justice for Romina? Where are the voices of protest for the crime against Romina. Another wonderful scripture in, in the Bible is Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. This is about the God of justice. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. He is a God of justice. Let's talk about justice for a minute. What is right? How do we determine what is just? The words righteousness or justice appear in the Bible, and they usually come from the form of the Hebrew word zedek. The original root idea of zedek conveys the idea of being stiff or straight. In a religious context, zedek means that which is morally straight, that which is as it should be. This means it embodies the idea of equity, fairness, and impartiality. Justice is an application of fairness to moral situations, getting what you deserve. Justice, when applied to God, describes who God is. God's justice is not something external to him. 
He is infinitely righteous within himself. When God acts justly, he is not doing so to conform to some outside criteria, some law or principle or standard that's outside of himself. God is simply acting like God in any given situation. God in his own self-existent principle of moral equity. God's perfect law comes within from his own nature. But everything else in the universe is only just to the degree that it conforms to the righteous nature of God. It is evil whenever it fails to do so. Of course, it is evil to commit murder. It is evil thou shall not kill. And God rewards and punishes all moral beings on the basis of how they conform to his standard. When he punishes evil men or rewards the righteous, he is simply acting from within his own nature. He is uninfluenced by anything that is not himself. Every human being will be judged fairly because it's impossible for God to do otherwise. He cannot condemn the innocent, nor can he clear the guilty. He will not turn a blind eye to moral evil in anyone, nor will he punish with undue harshness. The punishment God meets out will always fit the crime, since there is no inequity with the Lord our God. God is always perfectly fair in his dealings with each and every person. No favoritism is ever indulged in by God. You won't find that in the nature of God. You will find that in corrupt judges and in corrupt courtrooms, but not with God. He cannot show partiality or take a bribe. He is no respecter of persons. The Lord will reward every man according to his works. He will pay back each one according to his ways. God's justice is foundational to the way he governs the universe and everything in it. When the Bible declares that righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne, Psalm 89:14, it means that the Lord is always fair in his dealings and always does what is right. The universe as we know it could not exist apart from this attribute of God. Our existence would be a moral nightmare that would be arbitrary and unfair if justice was not an attribute of God. The gods of the other nations, they're described as being unfair, capricious, arbitrary. But the concept of the God of Israel, held by the prophets of Israel, is one of an all-powerful ruler and king, high and lifted up, reigning with complete fairness. The Lord abides forever, King David declared. He has established his throne for judgment and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the people with equity. Psalm 98 verse 9. Now, Moses, as he neared the end of his life, with all of his many dealings with God in a multitude of situations, Here's what he said in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 3 through 4. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. He is perfect. All his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. Well, that just simply means that God is always just. He always acts uprightly. He always is perfectly fair. He always shoots straight 
for he cannot do otherwise. He must always do what is right, because that is his nature. And so I am confident, even in a place like Iran, where injustice and oppression abide continually, that the God of justice that I worship will bring justice to Romina and her cause, and the cause of all women who have suffered under this oppressive government. He is the God of justice. But now, wait a minute. If that is the case, what that means for you and me is that we too should get our justice. The Bible says we have broken God's law. All of us, all of us have sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. We deserve the wrath of God, the justice of God. And yet, when we see the cross, the cross upon which Jesus died, we see in the cross the most beautiful blend and illustration of the justice and mercy of God meeting together. Justice because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, There is no remission or forgiveness of sin. And yet the Bible says of God that he will wipe away all of our sins and throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. He will make our sins, though they are scarlet, as white as snow. And in the cross, we see justice and mercy meeting. We deserve God's judgment. But Jesus willingly stepped out of eternity and became a man and died on the cross, becoming our perfect, sinless substitute. He perfectly obeyed God's law, so there was no slippage or any denial of justice. Jesus perfectly did everything that God told him to do. He perfectly obeyed God's law. And in the cross, he is able to raise his arms and embrace sinful humanity, being the perfect sinless sin-bearer, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He took all of our guilt and shame willingly, dying in our place. And God poured upon him all of our sins. He poured upon his son his wrath. It says of God, it took pleasure for God to, to do this, He he did this for our sakes, for our forgiveness. But he poured upon his, his own wrath upon his son, who willingly embraced our judgment in sin. And God gave his son for our salvation. Justice and mercy, a perfect picture of that at the cross. My question is, Do you cry about injustice in the world? Do you cry out about unrighteousness in the world, unjust laws, unjust people? Before you do anything else, though, think about this. You and I deserve God's justice. And the only way we as sinners can escape that justice is to cry out to Jesus. Jesus bore our sin and guilt. Jesus bore all of our shame and sin at the cross. And when you cry out to Jesus, God takes the righteousness of Jesus Christ and 
puts it on you and covers your sin. He wraps you in his robes of righteousness and the justice due you and me falls away and melts away in the mercy of God. What good news for you and me. Today we have been talking about the justice of God and an honor killing in Iran. Let us not forget Romina and what she suffered in an unjust country with unjust laws, corrupt justices, and corrupt judges. Let us not forget the women of Iran who suffer every day on an oppressive dictatorship government. They cry out for justice. Let us pray and be their voice and speak up for them. But let's also remember that we too deserve justice. But when we cry out to Jesus, we get mercy. Because the Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. I really, really urge you, if you've never cried out to Jesus, to make him your Lord and Savior. It is so important because God is a God of justice. We've learned that today. And he's also the God of mercy. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I appreciate your time listening. God bless you. And I will see you on the next Cross in the Desert. Have a great week.